Welcome, Lo. I'm Mo. This is At the Movies with Lo and Mo, a name that we picked at the very last minute. Literally, uh, the last minute. We just did it right now. Just right now. And I don't think Roger and Ebert are around to DCMAS for it, so I think we're going to be okay. And if um, uh, they are, you're going to be hearing this with zero audio and just our pretty faces. So congratulations. Either way, I think it's good. I think it's a win-win. Um, this is the first episode of uh, a show that we're doing. Um, Lo and I have been watching movies. So I guess for background context, we both picked a director, uh, maybe our favorite director. I'm not sure if this is your favorite director or just somebody that you you respected them, but we decided to watch through two different directors' filmographies. And we're alternating movies. Um, so we are doing Martin Scorsese and David Cronenberg. And we have watched a few films, but this is the first episode that we are recording. And today we are going to talk about Scanners, uh, the 1981 film from David Cronenberg. So I picked Cronenberg. Uh, I am more of a horror guy, I guess, as our viewers will come to learn. But um, I picked Cronenberg because I think that he has a lot of flexibility in terms of genre. And I think that this is actually... So we did watch through his filmography. We came, we watched Fast Company, which was a very random, like action adventure film that was right, like sandwiched in between his his horror movies. Um, but I think this is maybe one of the first movies where he is kind of branching out and combining more than one genre. So like, Brood was a horror film, and maybe my favorite Cronenberg film. But this is the first time that we're seeing like elements of sci-fi and action and drama um pulled together yeah definitely and this is i would say this movie impacted me the first time i watched it and i've picked up some things that i didn't notice the first time i watched it so i want to pass it over to you i'm curious to hear what your uh first impressions were first impressions were uh i was highly impressed i mean i'm coming into this only seeing you know that head explosion scene over and over again uh you know growing up and just seeing that uh that was my only that's the only thing i knew about uh, this movie going into it so i was excited to like see it um i think that it was well written i think it was well directed uh he really stepped into his element here uh from the other movies that uh, we watched i feel like he's definitely really pushing it now he's really coming into uh his role as a director and a writer, which I find fascinating to see now. Um, I like how the story picked up. We were fully immersed in this world that Cronenberg created right off of the start. There wasn't waiting around. There wasn't any questions. And we knew right away exactly what and how this world operated, which I think is key when you're writing and directing movies. Yeah, I love that that opening scene. Um, you are just immediately brought into this what is essentially like a chase um, with the lead character running through a, like a food court in a mall. Um, and you are, in, you instantly get this, this sense of urgency, like watching the character. And then when you sit down and you see him observe these women eating across from him and he is, it's clear that he's able to like hear what they're thinking. It's not clear whether they're maybe saying it out loud or whether it's something they're thinking, but it's like, you can tell that it is causing him like physical uh, discomfort. Yeah, pain. And you can so see you that right off the bat, you can see how much pain he's in without even really understanding what we're going into yet. 
right? You immediately kind of get this idea for like what scanning is, but it, but it isn't, it, I mean, it is more than just uh, like psychic powers. As you find out later throughout the movie, there is this whole kind of, um, there's, there's a weird journey the main character goes on where he kind of learns how to use his scanning powers and, and like hone them in. Um, there's people that obviously are able to use them to uh, like punish other. It was my first time watching it. So as I said earlier, we jumped immediately into this world, but I didn't know at first. And I don't know if that's just cause like what I was watching, it was, I was a little bit confused at first when there was so much noise and they were all like talking at first. I was like, wow, are they really saying anything this out loud? Like, are those two having a conversation together? And then you re then you suddenly realize like, Oh no, this guy is just in their head. Yeah. And that's something you and I talked about is, uh, how effective the sound design is in this movie. Something that I probably wouldn't have thought of as like, as a viewer, you notice things like it's, you're not dumb when you're watching movies, but I don't think I ever would have said like, wow, look at the sound design in this movie uh, until we really started thinking critically about these movies. And there's a scene where um, when he is, when, when the lead character is, is captured, um, there is a scene where he is surrounded by people who are all having these thoughts and the, their voices are like distorted and deepened. Uh, and it's so unsettling. Like it's, it's so effectively unsettling throughout the movie. If um, you were just watching this movie and not like watching it, how we'd watch movies now with like a notepad, a pen and paper, like analyzing everything, you might miss how key uh, that sound is. And you really understand how key it is, you know, when he's captured, he's in that bed, he's tied down. Everybody yep. enters out of that room and you just hear all of these voices just are distorted and how much pain uh, that's causing him. You really, you start to almost feel empathy for uh, Cameron there. Uh, when he's yep. laying in that bed, he's struggling, he's trying to fight and pull and they're just sitting there. They're not even talking. All these people that they bring in and just you just hear this like horror sound of just that distorted, low-pitched voice. And it's just that was just part where I was like, oh, here we are, we're in it now. Imagine seeing this. So we we have the added context of knowing about that scene before seeing the movie. But I'm picturing, and, and I'm thinking about the anecdote that you told me that uh, that you should you should expand on, but imagine seeing this movie without knowing what's coming in that scene. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's I knew. Just like, yeah, I knew it was coming. Um, I didn't know it was coming like right there, uh, but I was like, I already knew that it was happening. Uh, the funniest thing is to me is when they started previewing this movie out to audiences and kind of getting their feedback before they went to the final cut. This scene was actually the opening scene. So just as before Cronenberg wanted us to be directly transplanted into this universe and understand the boundaries that he set, he wanted us to even be fully understanding of this universe by us seeing that first. But when they were getting everybody leaving, they actually found out that most people stopped watching the movie after this part and they couldn't even focus because it was so jarring to them. And just so it was just too much for them to handle of when they first saw this movie. So they made a creative decision to move it to where it current currently is. But the part that I think is funny as well is that I feel like you would have to do the opposite if you were to make God, this movie today, which is the, kind of the weird contrast between 1981 
um, in yep. 2020, 2021 now, how if you were to make a movie like this, audiences want to see that right up front. They want to see that action. They want to see that. And they're like, all right, we're here. You know, they kind of live right. for it now. But back then they were like, no, thanks. I mean, obviously I haven't seen a cut where it is at the beginning, but I would assume that if you were to see a trailer for the movie and then see the movie and that's the first thing in the actual film, you would wonder if this is like a horror movie, you know, um, which which I guess maybe you're thinking that anyways, because it's David Cronenberg's name is attached. But to me, this is not a horror film, even though it does have some yeah horrifying elements to it, you know. Now, the one thing that wasn't said when I was reading this is that when they said that this scene was at the beginning, I don't know if that whole entire chase scene and the fight scenes and the car crashes and seeing Revic really use his powers. I don't know if that was still at the beginning because that's a lot to handle all at the beginning. Like you're getting a lot of information. Um, At least now with the current cut, you're kind of warmed up to the scanners and what they're capable of. And you kind of see like somebody not understand other powers. I don't know if I could have went and saw somebody that was at the top of the chain and then go at the bottom so quick. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, um, I think the violence in this movie is used to highlight the dramatic aspects of the film. Um, yeah, like the head exploding is is kind of a shock move for sure. I can't really say that that's like a dramatic decision, especially it's just funny to think about them like exploding a watermelon with a shotgun because that sounds fun. I mean, who, who doesn't want to do that? But overall, like later in the movie, I think the violence is used as a, I think it is primarily used like not to shock, but to further the story and to show you what, scanning has the potential to be with the scene where he is kind of honing in his Cameron is kind of honing in his, uh, his scanning abilities. And this also tips its hat at kind of concept being maybe not the most moral entity or corporation, but when he has him practice on this old man, and even though the old man, he says the old man is like volunteered to, to be there. Um, seeing how easy it is for Cameron to suddenly use too much of his abilities and to, you know, spike this old man's heartbeat uh, to be so much faster than he was, than he was trying to um, really, really like drives home how sensitive these, these powers are, you know, you see him kind of, uh, almost a mature, like right before our eyes, you know, when we first see him, he's this social outcast that uh, can't even function. Uh, it just seems like he was dropped in out of nowhere without any kind of clue as to where he's going or how to even navigate through society. And then after uh, his run in with Dr. Ruth and going through that and everything else, I just feel like he kind of just was like, he went from not being able to talk to being like, able to hold a conversation and not manipulate people like in a second. And even further than that, there's this, um, this is going to sound crazy. I don't know if it's because it's an 80 sci-fi thing or what, but there is something that made me think about star Wars during this movie. And I can't explain why, but part of it may be this idea of, uh, like an unexpecting hero, somebody who never asked for this, 
being thrust into suddenly it's like you are you know consec is telling him you're you're like you're gonna be our scanner you know like you're you are the one that's going to get us out of this you're the one that's going to you know defeat ravik and all this stuff yeah it's um, weird that you call it uh that you felt like it was a star wars movie because i made multiple jokes how this felt like it was like a it was like a bottom of the barrel a marvel movie i know that we kind of have a difference of opinion on this one or at least i sense that which is good but they completely lost me when a dr ruth uh talking about getting into the right program on the computer and when dr ruth looks at Vale and he goes a computer network is the same as a human's nervous system if you can scan a human you can scan scan a computer and i was like no <laughs> absolutely not I think that, yeah, I mean, it, that doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you. But it, what's really interesting about me. it, I don't know why. <laughs> so fun. what's interesting, what's interesting about it for me is I think it says more about it. I, it almost feels more reflective of Cronenberg himself and his career, like his filmography, than it does this particular movie because he does so much with like biotechnology and and. There's more later, and I'm excited as we go through his filmography, like, you'll see how these themes grow, but, like, there's so much of, like, human bodies fusing with technology in ways that are scary and, and in ways that are, you you know, in ways that you think are going to be beneficial or the characters anticipate being beneficial and then it ends up yeah. being a horror story, of course. Uh, so just having this comparison of, the human body is just like a computer feels like almost just like the his point of view or his his philosophy you know yeah the one credit i will give is you know it's almost needed for them because they're really pushing the whole being a scanner is just not being a psychic you know it's more than that so you kind of come in a little bit there to like a realm of understanding to your point about you know scanning being more than psychic abilities i really think they do a good job of demonstrating like throughout the film like the the pacing of how they show those up until the until the finale yeah um is great because you go from thinking it's kind of a psychic power you see this ultimate scanner guy blow some guys some guy's head up which you're like oh shit uh and then but as you see cameron learn his abilities there's like uses for it that seem like they are not malevolent mm -hmm. um and then you you find out that cameron is being hunted down by these other scanners and there are people being set on fire and like objects people are being moved and thrown across rooms you thrown, know it's just that fire uh that comes out of the wall and just when you kind of see like you know at the second attempt on other lives you see them kind of get caught on fire there and that whole apartment's burning down and uh, that's after he meets Pierce and after that shooting scene when we see I know we talked about it earlier but when we first get to see everybody's faces when they're getting scanned uh, when they're in that art studio and Pierce is running around hiding and getting shot <laughs> um, that actually is probably where you that kind of looked like a Star Wars scene with how many shots they missed but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, when you see Vale sitting in that statue or that head kind of just going through like cerebrally just just attacking everybody and throwing them across the other room that was 
that was nice. I really like that scene. Yeah. That's a good, that's a, that's a strong moment. I think for anybody's first time watching the movie, um, I can't help but think, you know, uh, I don't know if we're going to cut this out, how many times I say I don't want this to be political, but I can't help but think about... They're all staying in, every one of them. (laughs) That's that's not where I was going with it, but that's funny. Uh, When they're in that apartment, it is this idea that, like, this corporate entity is sending out this, like, death squad to track down these people that are getting together in private places, like these kind of hidden operations. Uh, and they, these are people who specifically don't want to cause harm, you know, like yeah. they're not there to cause trouble. Um, so it does feel like in a vague way, it doesn't feel political in the sense of like modern politics, but in a vague way, it feels very political in the sense of um, the way that we, the way that the world handles people that that try to preach peace and and try to not be not cause issues and not be dangerous yeah the more uh peace that they were trying to preach the more peace that they were trying to get using their abilities the more force we see uh by revic it's about time that we just talk about how the fact that revic and Vale are brothers I'm going to suck your brains. Yeah. Uh, you know, the whole, I've been looking for you forever. We get some more context there uh, that Revic's actually been searching for Vale for a very long time uh, to be second in his scanner army, if you will. You know, not only is Concept trying to do uh, their own thing, but Revic's trying to build a empire uh, with scanners because he feels that they're the, you know, the alpha species, you know, it's scanners and everybody else. Right. Um, so we find out that Revic and Vale are brothers. We find out that Revic's building this huge army. Uh, he's been giving doctors uh, the drug uh, to give the pregnant woman. Every time that this drug is administered, those babies, those fetuses are actually becoming scanners. We see this uh, when they're at the uh, doctor's office and Kate comes in all scared and she's like, oh, I've been scanned. And Vale's like, by the lady? And she's like, by the baby. Yeah, that part blew my mind when I first watched this movie. I was like, "Scanner babies, what?" Imagine the like, imagine that really- movie where it's just scanner babies, where you're like, "Oh, this is cute," and then all just babies just exploding everybody's heads. It's baby geniuses, them. but it's it's baby geniuses, but it's baby scanners, um, or boss baby, but it's scanner baby. Yeah, check know. out the. Uh, low mode media scanner babies uh, finding out that they're brothers is that it kind of reminded me of of you and me and the way that our mom uh the way that we were separated and yeah. uh you you were looking for me for a I really was. long time i was time. searching for years and finally found you laying on it a was couch. so weird it was so weird because my workplace was trying to get me to find you and stop you from creating lomo yeah uh, but then we, you know, you explained everything to me. Yeah, you fully understood where you needed to be. You, you know, you stopped, you know, being a spy and trying to end Lomo Media, you know, as the enterprise giant it is. And you know, right. I'm glad that we can and finally come together and work. Here's the major spoiler, folks. Uh, Jimmy and I have, or I should say, Lo and I, 
<laughs> I doxed you. Uh, <laughs> Lo and I, <laughs> Lo and I are, we did not fuse together as one person uh, the way that at the end of Scanners, Vale and after their, their dialogue and their Cameron's refusal to work with Daryl Revic and um, their showdown, there is, it is revealed that he is the only body remaining in the room. And we find out that Cameron's consciousness has been trans transferred into Daryl's body. And we see Cameron's eyes in place of Daryl's eyes. And we hear Cameron's voice say, it's over, we won. Which was, to me, like, an I thought it was an awesome ending. I was thinking it would have been maybe a little more interesting if we were left wondering if it was really Cameron or not. Um, like if they're, but, but I, but I yeah, like, no, a hundred percent. I, like, I feel like, you know, yeah. I mean, if it would have like kind of ended there where you were kind of guessing as if that was, you know, Cameron there, but I mean, we ended, we end, you know, like going, so we get the satisfaction that uh, the good guys won. You know, there's nothing to worry about. Anymore. And you don't, you know what? I almost take it back because I feel like a 2020 version of this movie would have ended the way that I said. And it's almost refreshing to see a movie, like it doesn't happen often that you, it ends explicitly with the good guys winning. You just, know? As, just as I said earlier, if this movie was made today, um, it would have been all gas in the beginning. We would have saw the head exploding. We would have saw revix havoc just there would have been way more car crashes there have been he would have been scanning people in public he would have almost been like there would have been out there yeah, yeah there would have been more than Avengers, one yeah there would have been more than one Avenger style like buildings yeah, crashing crashing like, down shit like that. he's like scanning yeah. skyscrapers they're like crashing down and then at the end yeah. it would have been them probably both exploding and then you just see like a body in a quarter and it just looks at the camera and then it's like scanners 2020 thank you roll credits right that would have been it right you mentioned what i was thinking about earlier was when i first saw this film it really impressed me and i still love it um i would say that i think the pacing is a little bit slower than i remember it being not that that's necessarily a bad thing but i think there's a little more um there was a little more focus on like the dialogue and the dramatic intent than I remembered. I thought I remembered it as being like very fast paced and like action based. Um, but that final scene in the film, uh, the standoff between Cameron and Daryl is just like, to me, it's crazy that it works so well because throughout the movie, these actors, when they're doing their scanning thing, they're making these silly faces that are that like by, by for many other director it could just be like the dumbest thing that you have these people that are that are just like making weird faces and like gurgling noises uh but somehow cronenberg is able to make it like not only effective but horrifying in that last scene i really forgot about how grotesque it gets there's a lot of blood there's like skin like bubbling up and stuff which is kind of his forte um but I really think that scene is unforgettable and, and really tense and effective. Yeah. Uh, that scene obviously is probably one of the best scenes throughout that whole entire movie. What would your Scorsese ranking be of those first four films? Uh, mean streets. Number one, uh, taxi driver. Alice doesn't live here anymore. And then raging bull. 
Uh, it'll be interesting, and I'm going to say it on camera now, Raging Bull will be at the bottom the whole entire way through this thing. It'll never – it's in fourth now, but it'll be 10th, 12th. It's definitely going to climb all the way down. I'm I'm curious to see if that prediction comes true. It would also be at the bottom of my ranking. Um, How and about I would you, say producer Scorsese? Where, where are you at currently, um, you know, four or five movies deep now? end of this where do you sit yeah i have enjoyed all of them to an extent i did you and i are on the same page in terms of raging bull we technically admired the film but there were parts of the film that we did not like with or enjoy yeah so raging bull would be at the bottom i would say my favorite surprisingly and i did not expect this is alice doesn't live here anymore yeah um just because it is not what I expected from a Scorsese film. Yeah. Um, it's it was kind really of a, something different. Dramedy, you know, like drama comedy. Um, and I think that there were some elements in it that were in Raging Bull that we complained about. Kind of these elements of like domestic abuse and like what that does to a person, a family. And I think they were handled with a lot more care um for the for the lead character in alice doesn't live here anymore i, I would say mean streets is a close second i loved mean streets, mean streets was a very good movie um, and that is my number one as i just said obviously but i really like that movie. yeah those movies honestly i think are i could either one of them could be my favorite on any given day so far uh taxi driver the only reason taxi driver comes in third and this eventually may be a reason that it would eclipse these movies for me is that it is a film that i didn't when it was over i wasn't immediately like wow i loved that it is a movie that is yeah it didn't really sit well with you at first you were kind of we were talking about you weren't you weren't feeling good there about it that was actually my second time so i felt even better yeah i and and i do like I, i like the movie as the further away we get from it the more i i really like the movie um, but it is not the kind of film that they make anymore where no. you leave the audience feeling you're in two separate worlds when that movie ends. Yep. It, it is punishing um, on purpose. Like it is a brutal movie. Uh, the anti-hero kind of thing where you are forced to have some sympathy for Travis, um, despite what he, what he does and who he becomes is, yeah. is really like confronting. Like to the viewer, I mean, you have to kind of dig through yourself for a while and figure out how you feel about that. But that's something I haven't experienced in a long time, no. and that's it's growing on me. You know, yeah, and it'll be nice too. I mean, I know that we're not so you know we're starting out with scanners, and episode two will be a Scorsese film, episode three will be a Cronenberg film, so on and so forth, and then we'll pick two new directors uh, when this one's done, and it'll just continue on with the series. But we also will. Uh, talk in another episode in the future about some of these films that you know we didn't do a whole episode about because there's definitely a lot to talk about at least for Mean Streets and Taxi Driver I'd love to sit down for 45 you know 45 an hour and just talk about those two films and kind of as like a bonus episode uh, whether that'll be on we our website even... or it'll be on uh, yeah. Patreon only um, exclusive but we definitely will be doing a bonus episode where we talk about these movies that we did not actually do an episode for Maybe what we'll do is even as we reach the end of these these directors' filmographies before we pick two more, because I perceive this being an ongoing thing, um, maybe we will circle back 
to the beginning yep. of each of their discography or filmographies and watch the first two films or three films. I would films love to just... listen to a Cronenberg discography, though, man. I would just, I'm sure he got some sick <laughs> tracks out. I'm going to have to say, I know this is a cop-out right now, and I don't want to be this guy, but I think Scanners is going to have to sit at my top spot right now. I'd love to be that guy and sit here and be like Shivers and Rabbit, you know, some of the first two movies and kind of just be like a real true movie buff right. but scanners really did it for me man you know and it really did it so scanners um then probably shivers i really enjoyed that as my first taste uh the brood then rabid okay and what Which about I, fast company oh i totally forgot about fast company fast company would actually be number two i would say um I would say The Brood is my favorite. I would say it's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Um, then I would say... Well, we really have some contrast which, on this one. Which is like, fun. I, I like, like that. Shit. I would say Shivers next, because that was my first time seeing that movie. And for his first film that we watched, I thought it was really well done and, and scary. And I, I ended up buying a Blu-ray after we watched it. Um, then surprisingly, I would also say Fast Company, because similar to Alice doesn't live here oh, anymore. It movie, is like such a totally movie. right. It is not at all what you would expect uh, from a Cronenberg movie, but it is just like there's something about watching movies where the characters are like regular beer drinking people. That I would say Scanners, uh, which I love, uh, but I do think is a little bit slower than I remembered. Um, but I do love, and then last I would say Rabid, and I think you and I are both on the same boat on this one, which I didn't think it was a bad film, but I thought that it was pretty easily, I thought, the weakest so far. Um, a little, not even slow, but it's, it was just kind of like not a lot happened. You kind of watch this person who has this thing under her armpit and uh she's going around killing people and it's almost like a slasher in that sense like you kind of just follow her around there's not a whole lot of extra stuff to think it's interesting to me because that is a challenge that you and i might you know will hopefully someday see is it's a challenge we're facing making... right now man i mean not one day see i mean we're <laughs> i mean a lot yeah. of two i mean having having scripts in in progress and trying to hone in on what you're good at um you know and figure out what your strengths are and what your aesthetic is and and what your hallmarks are without repeating yourself yeah. you know 100% i think it's going to be key to take a lot away from this as we move forward throughout lomo media's life and our time doing this um and really just kind of be critical of ourselves and understand the same thing, you know, that we're talking about. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm looking forward to incorporating that aspect of this into this series as we go forward too, is letting too. people know kind of what we're working on and how it's being influenced and informed by the things that we're watching. Yeah. Know? And I think the key is, you know, if for some reason you ended up watching this one first before our Lomo show over on our main YouTube channel, I think it's key to check out that first episode. I mean, we talk a lot 
about you know us starting out where we're at and kind of where how we're going so if you haven't checked that out go to our main youtube channel um and kind of watch that so you can get more in depth of kind of what we're dealing with right now there's a lot of wheels turning at lomo hq and uh so this is kind of just one one lovely aspect of what we do that i am fortunate to have right now especially during the pandemic and everything is to be able to sit down with my friend and my work partner and uh and to be able to just watch movies and feel like i am at the movies with someone you yeah, know it's and, great, and man. learning it's been, but it doesn't really feel like work because we love doing it so it's good you know i really enjoy it it's one of the things i look forward to every single week that's is kind of that like carrot that you know is dangled like just get through the week and get the movies with the yeah. friend yeah it's good um talking about the king of comedy next yeah next week so if you want to watch that before next week um go ahead and watch that and you can we would love to obviously hear uh yeah this is the first video so i guess it goes without saying but uh crazy we would love to hear your opinions and your thoughts on scanners in the comments and your own scorsese and cronenberg rankings kind of yeah these are just two directors that we kind of pulled out of the air but yeah no we definitely encourage encourage it yeah thank you for uh tuning in and, and listening to us talk about scanners and i hope you enjoyed uh the first episode of at the movies with low and moan and for both of us i'm here to say let the cakes hit baby <laughs> <laughs>